much. You're too much. Thank you. I love you. You guys have the best cohort advisor in the world. Yes, give it up for her. I want to let you guys know that what she does for you, she does because she loves you. She does it because she fears the Lord. And she wants you to learn and to glean from what she's doing. Half the stuff she does for you, I would be like, y'all figure it out yourself. But she does, she does an efficient job. I am so impressed by the things that she does. So honor her, learn from her, love her, and uh, you guys will have a very successful SUM education. Amen. But I am super excited to preach to you this morning. If you have, if you guys are new or you've, you know, you've never known, this is actually my first SUM chapel that I'm going to preach. Yes. In all the years we've had an SUM cohort, I've never preached a chapel. Um, not for any other reason than just I didn't really need to. You know, I was the cohort advisor. Joe was the visionary leader. This is what he did. And if you guys notice in this season, we gave it all to Pastor Lauren, take care of the whole cohort. And now she's going to be given the platform and the opportunity to preach to you more on a weekly basis and have us fill in uh, some of the weeks of the schedule. But I am so honored that this is my first SUM chapel. And I am super pumped to preach to you the message that God put on my heart to give. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the Bible this morning. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 12 through 15. I'm glad that you guys get to sit at your desks. You have notepad and pen ready. If you guys take notes on your computer, that's fine. Just make sure you have your Bibles accessible. The title of my message this morning is, Are You Building With Care? Are you building with care? And before I start to preach, I want to open us up in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much, God, for calling us. We thank you that you called us to be your very own. We thank you that you've given us all that we need for life and godliness. We thank you that you've equipped us to do good works. And I pray that every single person that hears this message, God, they would be careful to build in the foundation that you established with care, that we would do all things to bring you glory. I ask, oh God, that this word would change us, that it would transform us to be more like you and to do all things to bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. So let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should, be, should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, everybody say, the day, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Say, receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't be that one. Don't be the one that escapes through the flames. Amen. As you all know, 
The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth. And as a good apostle and overseer, he was addressing many issues that were arising in the church during this time. And he was reminding the believers there not to compromise in sexual uh, integrity, not to compromise with teaching about the core principles of their worship gatherings, about the resurrection that gives them the reason for unity. And in chapter 3 specifically, he calls to account how he as a wise builder laid a foundation, other people are building on it, but ultimately the foundation, the core foundation was already built by Jesus. Amen? It was built the, uh, about the preaching, a message about Jesus, the cross, the resurrection. Others are continuing to build on it. But ultimately, Jesus Christ is the foundation of it all. And his concern in those few verses that he shares his heart was that the laborers that come along the way would continue to build with sound doctrine, that they would continue to preach Jesus and the cross, and they would live holy lives unto the Lord. In 1 Timothy we, uh, chapter 4, verse 16, you could jot that down and look at it later. We hear Paul exhort Timothy, his son in the faith, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And the opposite of this is true. If you do not watch your life and doctrine closely, you will not save yourself or your hearers. Answering the call of God is an important task. Watching your life and doctrine will determine with what care you build with. The way you live your life matters, friends. The way you live your life and all the choices that you make, big and small, matter. The message you preach about Christ matters. Everything you do matters in the kingdom of God. God is into the big details and the smallest details. Just because little things don't matter to you doesn't mean that they don't matter to God. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Amen? I want to remind you today that it is an honor and a privilege that you get to sit where you're sitting right now. It is an honor and a privilege that you get to be in classes that you are taking, to the write the papers that you are writing, to study the things that you are studying. It is an honor and a privilege to study and show yourself approved as a workman. Somebody say workman who has no reason to be ashamed and correctly handles the word of truth. I had the honor and privilege to be in classes with professors like Dr. O., Dr. Orfala, Pastor Lord remembers, God bless that man's heart. A man of God with over 50 years of ministry experience to this day, preaching the gospel faithfully, has the entire New Testament memorized and even wrote a commentary on it. Never once do you hear that man complain about the burden of ministry. The Bible says in this life you will face trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. So he didn't teach us that it was a burden, that everything was a complaint, that it was something to complain about. The confession from his mouth is that he is blessed and highly favored. Every time you talk to him and say, hello, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. 
And being a minister of the gospel is the highest calling you could receive. He told us that every single time we were in class. There is no greater calling than the one that you guys are answering right now. The call to preach the gospel, the answering the call to preach the gospel is the greatest call anyone could ever receive. There is no other profession greater than the calling of proclaiming the good news that Jesus saves. You guys know that. God bless our doctors, our lawyers, our teachers, our business professionals, our policemen, our firemen. We need them all. But you here in this room have the greatest calling than all of them combined. And you will be judged more strictly for it, so you better have your life in order. And people that have those professions and call themselves a believer, they're still going to be held accountable. They still have to be faithful to preach the gospel. But this message is for those of you who have answered the call for this to be your full-time gig, your full-time profession, laying down your life for the gospel. You better be building with care. This message is not meant to intimidate you, but it's meant to motivate you. It is not meant to make you fearful but to encourage you to fear God and only God. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Build with the right materials. Build with the materials that will last, that will stand the test of fire. Your life and the lives of those who listen to you and watch you are at stake. Being in ministry is not a popularity contest. It is not going to be a get-rich-quick program for you because you have nothing better to do with your time or with your life. If that is your motivation, stop now. I beg you, I plead with you, get out. It is not an opportunity for you to glorify your selfish ambitions or vain conceits. It is not a platform for you to promote self-idolatry or self-indulgence or to showcase your amazing gifts and talents. It is and always has been about Jesus Christ and him crucified. It is and always will be about the message of the cross. It is and always will be about bringing glory to the one who is worthy of it all. It is and always has been about the ministry of reconciliation, about the message of repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand. It is and always has been about the kingdom of God coming to earth. Is that what it's about for you? Is watching your life and doctrine important to you? Is building with care important to you? Laying the foundation was so important for Jesus that he lowered himself, became a man, willingly laid down his life for his enemies, rose from the dead, defeated hell in the grave, and is coming back one day. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you building on that secure foundation with care or carelessness? Your construction has already begun, my friends. How have you been building so far? What is the quality of the materials you are building with? Precious stone, gold, silver, or hay, straw, and wood? When you put fire to wood and straw and hay and all that, it disintegrates, just blows into the wind. There is a day coming when the right kind of work will be rewarded and the wrong kind of work will be destroyed. Paul warns that you must not build God's church with materials that will not stand the testing of fire. Any defects in your work will be your own fault. You cannot blame Jesus on that day, and you will not be able to vomit up all your excuses before him. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Build with care. 
Live your life holy before God and preach the gospel. Preach the whole truth found in scripture, not partial truth or relative truth, absolute full gospel truth, not what tickles the ear, but a message that will convict the hearts of sinners and draw them to repentance. Come on, how are you building? Are you building with care? Here are the four points of my message. These points God put on my heart, these are just things that I learned over the the course of time that I've been in ministry, you know, planning this church 14 years. When you apply these four things to your life to ensure that you are building with care, I do not know that you can possibly go wrong. We are not vaguely going through life wondering if we're doing right by God. We have confidence before the Lord. We have confidence when we come into his presence. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you know when you're uh, going through conviction or condemnation. You should know whether you're right with God. Amen? So point number one, how to build with care. Fear God and shun evil. Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. I pray this over my children almost every single day. I speak this to leaders' lives almost all the time. Fear God, shun evil. I want to encourage you to read the book of Proverbs every day. One chapter a day. In all thy getting, get wisdom. And if it costs all you have, get understanding. Apply yourself to wisdom. Apply yourself to have the fear of God in your life. Go through the book of Proverbs throughout the month. Read one chapter a day. And you will find that in those chapters, in those pages of that book, you will always see a correlation of wisdom and righteousness versus folly and wickedness. And it's not only for the sinner. It's easier for us to say, hey, that's, that's folly, that's wickedness out there, clearly. But as you grow in your walk with the Lord and you don't watch stuff in your life, you can make foolish choices. You can do wicked things. Before we get further into the book of Proverbs, I want you guys to turn to Romans chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 10 through 18. And I want to show you what it looks like when there is no fear of God before your eyes. It's easy for us to see it in the world because that is what they look like. You can look at the world and you can say there is no fear of God before their eyes. And let that serve as a reminder for you to not go down that road. And you guys know we're at a battle of the worldview. We've always have been and we will be until Jesus comes to make it all right. Romans 3, 10 through 18. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed innocent blood or to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. You want to know why people don't understand or see God? Because they don't fear him. That is why more now more than ever before we must uphold the fear of the Lord and it starts in the church. It starts with his bride. So if you go back to the beginning of verse 10, there is no one righteous, not even one, no one who understands. Good is called evil and evil is called good. Why? No fear of God before our eyes. 
There is no one who seeks God. They've all turned away, become worthless. Why? Because we've become our own gods. We worship ourselves. We have false idols. Become worthless. No one who does good. All the violence that have ravaged our cities. Why? No fear of God before our eyes. Poison of vipers on our lips. The corruption that we see in our government. Swift to shed blood. Does that remind you of abortion? We don't fear God. That's what it looks like when you don't have the fear of God. And it's seeping into the church. Seeping into the church. Ruin and misery mark their ways. If you are a born-again believer, you should not be in ruin and you should not be living in misery. And if the way of peace is not known to you where you can kill yourself and take your life, it is because there is no fear of God before your eyes. Fear God and shun evil. What does it mean to fear the Lord? First, I want to tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we have a big, meanie God up in heaven ready to squish us every time we do wrong. He doesn't have lightning coming out of his index finger, you know, and like striking us. That's not what fearing God means. It means to have a holy awe and a respect for God, to love his commands, obey them in full, and believe that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. That's what it means to fear the Lord. And then what is the fear of the Lord? Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, but fools despise it. Fools despise wisdom and knowledge because they don't fear God. Turn to Proverbs chapter 1, please. We're going to read a portion of that. It's easy to point fingers at the world out there, but do not forget to point your finger right here and watch your life. Are you fearing God? Are you shunning evil? You must walk in the fear of the Lord because you cannot be wise in your own eyes in this wicked and perverse generation. We need the wisdom of God for the tasks that are ahead of us. Proverbs 1 verses 20 through 33. I may not read every single verse verbatim, but I think there's definitely some nuggies for us to, to get from this. Wisdom's rebuke. Did you guys ever pay attention to this section? Did you know that wisdom rebukes us? When I read this, it's easy for me to hear wisdom's rebuke calling out in the streets. You know, when we're preaching the gospel, street witnessing, picture the gospel truck on Michigan Avenue, you know. People are walking by and in their folly, in their simple ways, they're just, they're rejecting the truth. They're rejecting the gospel. Wisdom's rebuke calls loud, but it's calling aloud to us too. Don't forget it. To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Let's read, in, uh, let's read in verse 20. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you don't fear God, you hate knowledge. Repent at my rebuke. Does it say get offended at my rebuke? Get up all in my feelings about when you get rebuked? No. And I want to pause right there because some of you don't learn from your rebukes. You despise them. You get up all in your feelings and you get offended. You complain about what was said, how it was said, when it was said, where it was said. We don't, your leaders don't get a thrill out of having to rebuke and correct you. 
Wisdom calls aloud. Are you listening? Repent am I rebuke. We are to correct, rebuke, and encourage with all gentleness. And you are to receive. If you trust your leaders, if you honor your leaders, you will apply what is being said. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you, and I will make, my no, uh, make known to you my teachings. Some of you guys don't know what God is saying to you because you're not receiving from your leaders. You are not hearing what is being said and applying it to your life. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice, how much advice have you gotten from your leaders? How much advice has the Lord given to you from your time in the word? that you do not apply, that you do not accept, and you do not accept my rebuke. You refuse it. It's like throwing pearls to swine. Let me be honest. Sometimes when you feel like we're, we have to correct certain disciples and you see that they don't apply it to their life, it's like, man, you don't want your leaders to feel like they're wasting time. We want to see you guys grow, and we fear God. When we have to do that, we have the fear of God to teach you to say, hey, turn from that direction. Don't go on that way. If you finish reading these verses, it's going to say when calamity comes and destruction comes, you're going to you're going to wish you listened. Verse 31, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. After rejecting God's wisdom, when it was freely given and you took matters into your own hands, you will beg for it one day, but it will be too late. You will eventually suffer the consequences of rejecting the fear of the Lord and the wisdom that he was bringing to your life through rebukes, through corrections, which would have produced in your life wisdom and knowledge. Look to your neighbor, say, don't be a fool. Fear God and shun evil. Fear God, be wise, accept all correction, rebuke, and encouragement. Learn from it, go f grow from it. Amen. It comes through relationship. It comes through discipleship. It comes from you being real with Jesus in your own time. Number two, another way that you, another, you know, avenue that you could apply to your, to your life so that you can ensure that you're building with care is to remain in the vine. You can turn to John chapter 15. We'll skim through verses one through eight. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you are not connected to the vine and you're doing all these great exploits in ministry, and you think you're amazing in your own eyes, your fruit will show your work at the end. If you remain in Jesus, you will bear much fruit because apart from him, you're not going to do anything. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Everything will be tested by fire. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We are doing this for the glory of God. We're not doing this for ourselves. You live for Jesus. You are faithful to the Lord. You preach Jesus the way the, the scripture tells you to. You live holy and keep your life in order. You're doing it for the glory of God so that you could bear fruit. So I want to encourage you today. Stay close to Jesus in this journey that you're on through Bible college. 
Be faithful to pray. Be faithful to read your word. Be faithful to worship. Be faithful to follow his commands. Be faithful to please him. Be faithful to your wife, to your husband, to your children. If you're single, be faithful in your singleness. Be faithful in the church. Be faithful on your job and do it all for the audience of one. It is Jesus you are living for. You don't do it for man. Do not, and do not have the mentality that you, deserve, that you deserve a medal from your leaders every time you do something good. You do it for Jesus. We love to encourage you. We love to sing your praises when we have to, okay? But do it for Jesus. You are faithful to your devotional life and your prayer life because it's for him. And you need it. This is not faking the funk time. This is real deal time. Cultivate a strong relationship with Jesus. You didn't answer the call to please God, but to please, you didn't answer the call to please man, but to please God. Amen? Be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. Jesus is the vine. The Father is the gardener. God the Father is the one who will cut you off if you don't bear fruit. Or he will prune you so that you can bear fruit. You want to be cut off or pruned? Being pruned is a good thing. It may hurt, snip, snip, snip. It may hurt sometimes. There's pain and growing pains, but it is good. It is good. Enjoy the process of growing. Everybody go like this. Enjoy the process of growing. Enjoy the journey. Don't look at your life as somewhere out there. My future ministry, my future this. No, today, in the process, in the journey, in the growing pains, in the trials that you may face, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Remain in the vine. Remain in Jesus. You will bear much fruit. You should bear fruit in every area of your life because it's by your fruit that you will be recognized. Number three, catch the little foxes. Write it down. Catch the little foxes. Third way that you can guarantee that you're going to be building with care. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. If you don't have it highlighted, highlight it. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. What little foxes are ruining your vine? Compromises, lack of integrity, not doing things in excellence, not having self-discipline. What are the little foxes that you have to catch? Come on, think about it. You will have to catch little foxes in your vine for the rest of your life. Because if you do not, they will run over and destroy everything. Catch the little foxes. Here are three areas that I want to hone in on, hone in on when it comes to catching the, fo the foxes in your vineyard. Number one, finances. Catch the little foxes in your finances. Not being a good steward is not representing Jesus well. You do not give him honor. Not being a faithful tither or giving offerings, not paying your bills on time, not completing your FAFSA on time. Catch the little foxes that are spoiling your vine because those things matter. They matter. It's not cute and it's not funny. We might have a smile on our face when we're rebuking you, but we've kind of had enough. Catch the little foxes. When you guys can't pay bills, oh, uh, Pastor Lord, you can't get a hold of me. Why can't I get a hold of you? Why aren't you answering your phone? Oh, I can't pay my phone bill. Work, hustle, pay your bills, do it in excellence. 
Be responsible with the resources that God has given to you. Do not have bad work ethics. Do not be lazy. Catch the little foxes that are ruining the vineyard of your finances. Why should I make you in charge of Metro Praise Church Plant number three when you can't fix your bank account, when you can't pay your bills? Metro Praise Church Plant number 12, run by so-and-so. Hey, Pastor Lauren's looking over the finances of that church over there. How come, how come this, uh, this missions giving thing is, doesn't make sense here? Do you guys understand that when your life is out of order, the church will be an out of order? You cannot be trusted with much when you have not been uh, faithful with little. How about taking care of cars that have been given to you? So much is being given, laid before you in your hand, and you are not treating it the way God wants you to treat it. Take care of your finances. Get it in order. Amen? Two examples. When Ricky was in college, he worked at the container store. All throughout college, had a car, paid his bills, had gas, was able to give to others, save, gave tithes, graduated college, became a police officer, married, bought a house, pays bills, is faithful, gives a tithe, is an elder in the church. You see how that works? At Pastor Adam worked at Starbucks all throughout SUM. Do you know if you work for Starbucks part-time, you could get health coverage? Starbucks all the time. Had a car, had gas, paid his bills, was able to be a giver. Do you guys understand? Financial responsibility matters. Catch the foxes in your vine. I could be here all day talking about that. Number two, your day-to-day -day habits and your day-to-day -day choices. Lack of promptness, being tardy all the time, not doing your homework and excellence, passing due dates. What is that nonsense? What is that? Catch the little foxes. Do your homework on time. Look at your syllabus. Not applying yourself to grow as a disciple, maybe even cheating. Not being completely honest on your SOA. I remember when we were trying to establish cohorts in the city, I was training the cohort advisors and I said, listen, I was talking to their prospective students, and I said, you lie on the SOA about you exercising for three days, and you only exercise for one day, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> you're going to go to hell. You'll bust hell wide open. Don't do it. Day-to-day -day habits matter. Be disciplined. Catch the little foxes of undisciplinedness in your life. Choices. We make them all every day, but in the end, they make us. What are they going to make you? And number three, in your relationships. You could think about family, catching the little foxes, you know, think of your family, your marriage, your children, your friends. You want that to be in order. You want to have a godly marriage. You want to have uh, children that respect you. You're training them up to live for the Lord, to be holy. If you're single, sow into your future marriage right now. Amen? The specific relationship I want to talk about is your relationship with godly leaders in your life. Catching the, fo the, the foxes that can spoil that by avoiding accountability. Lying during accountability. Not honoring your leaders in this stage of your life and forever. Having honor for the leaders that serve you is going to be so important for how you set yourself up for the future ministry that God has called you to. 
When you don't submit to your leader's authority, you make it difficult for them, you do not honor God. Passive aggressively closing them out of your life. And like I said before, being offended at their correction when they're trying to help you and love you. Listen, we are held accountable to God. We are held accountable by the things we say and we don't say to you. So if you would want leaders that would just hush, hush, ignore you and not rebuke you and not correct you, that's not real love. That is not real love. Do not allow sin and compromise to rob you of the God kind of life. Wisdom is calling out. Listen to the call and get your life in order because when trouble comes, you will suffer the consequences. Don't be the one whose work gets burnt up and barely escapes the flame. And the Bible says that the sins of some are obvious, right? Reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. You could look at some people, man, they are so loud and proud of their sin, but the sins of others trail behind them. Catch your foxes because they will catch up to you one day. The only thing that will remain from what you built will be what can be tested by fire. Everything else will be consumed. And some of you may think, well, I'm not really sinning, you know. Being tardy is not really a sin. I'm not going to go to hell. I'm not going to go to hell if I don't pay my bills. But listen to this. He who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it sins. What you tolerate will dominate. What you sow is what you will reap. You cannot sow disorder today and expect to reap excellence tomorrow. Whatever you feed today will live to strengthen you and tempt you tomorrow. What are you feeding today? What are you allowing to become strong today? You guys better catch those foxes in your life because the only space the devil needs in your life is a foothold. When you think of opening that door right there, how much is a foothold? Look at your feet. Hold out your foot. You get that much of your foot inside of a door, you could pretty much open it, right? That's all the devil needs in your life is a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. He'll bust that door wide open. Keep the door shut. Catch the little foxes that spoil the vine. Fearing God, remaining in the vine, and catching the foxes in your life now will determine what tomorrow will look like. You will reap what you sow. Do not forget that. Be encouraged by listening to a message like this today. God warns us in advance. Apply God's wisdom. Fear God. Shun evil. Remain in Jesus. Be faithful to Jesus. Do it only for Jesus. When God sees you being faithful, then you will be rewarded. You will be promoted. God will always promote faithfulness. Because when you live to please Jesus, your leaders will see. I promise you. We will see the humility. We will see the faithfulness. We will see the hustle. We will see you applying what you are learning to your life. It's our choices that show what we truly are for far more than our abilities. And lastly, number four, keep in step with the Spirit. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. We'll read verses 16 through 26, kind of skim through those 10 verses. You guys know what this chapter is about, life by the Spirit. We have been given the power of the Holy Ghost. We are to live in step with the Spirit. 
We don't have to try to figure life out on our own. Jesus says that the counselor is coming. He will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. He will be with you. So do not forget that you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you are to walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. You are led by the Spirit of God. You guys know that the acts of the flesh are obvious. We don't want to live like that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Are you living by the Spirit? Are you keeping in step with the Spirit? Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And let's close out in Matthew chapter 7. True and false disciples. There's a day coming, and we will be judged, and our work will be tested. Are you building with care? Are you fearing the Lord? Are you remaining in Jesus? Are you catching the little foxes that are spoiling your vine? And are you keeping in step with the Spirit? Because not everyone who says to me, verses 21 through 23, Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Somewhere along those lines, these people stopped fearing God. These people decided that they didn't need to abide anymore. Somewhere in their life, they didn't think it was necessary to catch the little foxes. Somewhere they said, as long as God is still using me, I'm all good. My friends, the gifts of God are irrevocable. He didn't say you will know them by their gifts. He said he will, you will know them by their fruit. Fruit that will last. True disciples. What did they call out when they said, don't you know me? I did these exploits for you. I cast out demons. Demons knew my name. They listened to me. He said, you evildoer. Evildoer. You think they were building with care? Do you think that's going to come a shock to many preachers in that day? They got blindsided. They think they were blindsided. Like, what? Don't you know me? I did all that stuff. Don't use Jesus to be your, your little sidekick. Like, he's lowercase g and you're big case g God. That's not how it works. Keep in step with the Spirit. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will teach you. He will warn you. He will protect you. Choose to cultivate the inner person and don't sacrifice your character on the road to success. Again, enjoy the journey. Enjoy this process. I could probably count on maybe less than two hands how many times I've preached in the last 14 years of planting this church. Do you think that matters? Was it supposed to be about me? Let that encourage you. You guys think you have to do something that God is preparing you for in the next 10, 20 years. What does he have in front of you today that you're supposed to be faithful with? Because if you're not faithful with that, you're not getting what 20 years has in store for you. God knows the end from the beginning. Be faithful now. Do what he wants you to do now. Fear God now. Remain in Jesus now. Get close to Jesus now. Amen? Catch the little foxes now. Keep in, this, keep in step with the Spirit now. Because if you don't know how to keep in step with the Holy Ghost for your personal life, for your marriage, for your family, 
How are you going to handle other people's lives? How are you going to handle the affairs of a whole church when trouble and persecution comes? Success on that day will not be measured by the standards of this world system, but by the quality of how you built your personal life and how you built God's kingdom. Not your kingdom, God's kingdom. Don't build a name for yourself. Keep in step with the Spirit so you bring glory to God. Exalt the name of Jesus. Lift the name of Jesus high because it is at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not by the name of Nancy, not by the name of Lawrence, not by the name of Mildred, the name of Jesus. Whose kingdom are you building? It's his kingdom. Will it last? Will what you do last in that day when everything gets brought to the light, when everything gets tested by fire, by the presence of God, will it stand? Lawrence, if you could please come up to the keys. You guys could all stand up. Let's come to the altar here. Jesus. Jesus. We want to be builders who build with care. We are not laying a new foundation. The foundation has already been laid. How were you building on it? For the last 2,000 years, it's been being built upon. And the reason why you're here today was because some, some disciples did it right. How are you going to pass the baton to the next generation? What are you going to pass on to your kids? What are you going to pass on to the future Jackie in your ministry. I didn't know you 14 years ago when we planted this church. How old were you 14 years ago? So you were 13 years old and you hadn't even experienced yet all the devastation of sin and the enemy's lies and destruction against your life. But God said, there's going to be a church that gets planted in this city. And when Jackie, when Jackie's time is ready. I'm going to be there. I'm going to meet her where she's at. Are you ready for the future Sadias of tomorrow who come into this building and meet, meet you as a pastor at the altars and confess their sin and say, I have rejected God all these years and he has been calling me and I can't ignore it anymore. Let's close our eyes. How are you building, guys? It matters today. It matters when this is only week four of your Bible college education. You've all, you're only in SUM four weeks in. Some of you, two years. Some of you are finishing up. This spring, you're going to graduate. Make a decision today that you will build with care moving forward. If you haven't been building with care, I want you to be honest right now. If there's areas in your life that you have not been fearing the Lord in, I want you to repent. Say, God, help me. Teach me. Help me to fear you, God, in the little ways and in the big ways. I honor you. I respect you, Jesus. I want to remain in you. If you haven't been really remaining in the Lord faithfully like you should be, seeking him in prayer, reading your word, so you, you guys get SOA evaluations for all that stuff. You're mandated to read your Bible every day and pray every day and write in your journal every day. What are you going to do when you don't get SOA evaluated? What are you going to do when you're graduated from 201 and Pastor Jerry doesn't have to give you a midterm evaluation anymore? 
Are you remaining in Jesus? Are you bearing good fruit, fruit that will last for all of eternity, fruit that will give Jesus glory? Are you catching the little foxes that are spoiling your vine? Are you faithful in your finances? Are you growing in your day-to-day -day choices and habits, bringing glory and honor to God, doing things in excellence, doing things that please Him? Are you bringing God glory, catching the foxes in your relationships? Think about the relationships that you have in your life right now. What needs to be fixed? How do you change to make things better? How do you change to say, God, I mean business. I don't want to reject correction and rebukes in my life. I want to grow from it all. And are you keeping in step with the Spirit? Are you waking up in the morning saying, good morning, Holy Ghost. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Keeping in step with the Spirit, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to cultivate you, to make you more like Him. That when people see you, they see Jesus. They can say, I know she hangs out with Jesus. I know he's been with the Lord. Because your gifts don't matter. God gives those gifts to us to use to build his kingdom, to help others come to him. But that does not secure your salvation. That does not make you right with God. Bear fruit. Bear fruit that will last. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Oh, Jesus, we need you, God. Lord, we want to be ministers that build with care. We want, oh God, to pass the baton to a generation who will stand the test of time when we're gone, if you should tarry. We want to build, Lord, with care, your church, your kingdom, not a kingdom for ourselves, for your glory, O oh God, because it is the church of Jesus Christ that will stand and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we declare today, O oh God, that we will walk in the fear of the Lord, that we will shun evil all the days of our life. Come on, start praying. Turn this into a prayer time. Turn this into a time of confession and confess all those four ways of how you will build with care. Say, God, I will fear you. I will walk in the fear of the Lord. I will walk in wisdom and knowledge. I will shun evil. I will not call evil good and good evil. I will remain in the vine. I will let you prune me. I will let you cultivate me, oh God. I will catch the little foxes that are spoiling my vine. I want to be a man, a woman of integrity. Come on, keep praying. Come on, this is you and Jesus right now. He's the one that's going to remember the commitment you made to him today. Come on, do you be in business? Are you going to get stuff in order? Come on. Be led by the Holy Spirit. He is your counselor. He is your comforter. He will lead you. He will guide you. Come on, we want to give you glory. CJ, I want you to pray. I want a couple of you guys to pray as we close out this altar time. I want to hear your confession. Amen. Pray a prayer of confession to the Lord today. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, Lord God, for everything you have done, Lord God, and everything you're going to do, God. 
Lord, I worship you today, Lord God. I give you all the glory, all the honor, and the praise, Lord God. God, I will do good in my finances, Lord God. Lord God, I will bless people, Lord God, who are, who are blessing me, Lord God. I will, Lord God, pour into people, Lord God, like never before, God. God, I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to lead me and guide me, Lord God. That you continue to lead me, Lord God. That I would not become prideful, Lord God. That I would not become angry, Lord God. I would not be envious of others, Lord God, because of other people, what other people have, Lord God. But I would be remaining you, Lord God. I would focus on everything on you, Lord God. I would have a heart of gratitude, Lord God, of everything you have given me, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, Lord God, forgive me if I haven't done that thing, Lord God. Forgive me if I have been prideful, Lord God. Forgive me if I've been angry, God. Forgive me if I not have the joy of the Lord, Lord God. God, I pray, Lord God, that I will continue to seek your face and seek your glory, God. That I will continue to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord God. Lord God, that I will not, that I will not hold anything back, Lord God. I will go full on for you, Lord God. That I will continue to burn for you, Jesus. Lord God, have your way with me. Lord God, continue to lead me and guide me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Mildred, why don't you pray a prayer confession today? Yeah, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the leaders here, Lord, that are here, Lord, because they fear you, Lord. They want they want us to live a life, Lord, that is worthy of our calling, Lord. I thank you so much, Lord, that you have put faithful servants before us, Lord, that they are the examples that we need, Lord, that they hold us accountable, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just help me be more organized, Lord Jesus, that I will be able to um, have my house in order, not just 95% of the time, Lord, but 100% of the time, Lord, that my finances, Lord, even though I tithe and, I'm, and I'm, I give my offerings, Lord, I still feel, Lord, that you could do much more with that, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that you just open up the doors, not just for, for me, but for others here, Lord, that, that you would just pour out and the floodgates of, of heaven would just open and that, Lord, that we will be able to, um, to give more, Lord, that we will not be greedy, Lord. I pray, Lord, that me and my family would always, always, Lord, serve you, Lord, that we will never look to the left or to the right, Lord, but that we will look straight to you, Lord, and that whenever we feel stressed, Lord, whenever we feel overwhelmed, Lord, that we will just fall on our knees and cry to you, Lord, because you are the one that hears, Lord, you know our hearts, you know our minds, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that, that you would open up the doors for somebody just to be there at that moment, Lord, even if it's not one person, it's somebody else, Lord, you always have somebody in mind, Lord Jesus, so I thank you so much, Lord, for all that you are doing, Lord, thank you for this word, Lord, I pray, Lord, if there's any foxes in my life, Lord, that you would just reveal them to me, Lord, that you would reveal them to all our lives, Lord, and that we will remain in the vine, Lord, for your glory to glorify you in the name of jesus i pray